Okay, so I'm just going to title this one probably um, Orgasm Gap 2. Um, this one is for mature audiences. Please, if you are under the age of 18, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to exit left and go on about your merry day. But this one is not for you. Um, so I'm going to chit-chat a little bit and let the little ones <laughs> have time to kind of, you know, or, or or if you have children around you, this is not something to be playing in the car while they're eating their little um, orange fishies and stuff. No, this is not the one. So um, I am hungry. My metabolism's a little bit through the roof, so I'm going to rush through this article. I'm not going to talk and go as, in much as depth as I did on the last one, but I'm going to learn right alongside you. I um, As soon as I finished the last podcast, I thought there was only one article, silly me, on the orgasm gap. And then I was like, Forbes, y'all know I love business. We were kind of like groomed and primed to look out for and read Forbes. So I want to see what they would publish in Forbes about the orgasm gap. So let's get into it. This one here is by um, Alice Broster. She's a contributor. And it says, I write about women's health and reproductive health. It says this article is more than two years old. And that's one of the things I love about Forbes, too, because they want to make sure that we're staying current, right? We're, we're, we want to stay aligned with the times. So this might be considered old, <laughs> um, but let's still get into it. So it says National Orgasm Day is celebrated on July 31st. So this is the first time I'm hearing it. Back in the dating days, I would have definitely been like, down for that like whatever but i am out of that whole mm -mm, want no parts but it says it is celebrated on july 31st and it may seem whimsical to dedicate a whole day to climaxing it should be every day right like valentine should be every day christmas should be every day it should be your birthday every day but that's just me it says um it seems whimsical it should have been at least a month y'all could it not have been at least a let me leave it alone the scorpionic side of me. But it says, um, it seems whimsical to dedicate a whole day to climaxing, but there are some serious conversations still to be had. And this is my perspective. I thought I was going to just be able to ad lib because I am hungry. As soon as I'm done here, I'm going to go get something to eat. But it is sad because when you, when you listen to the stats that I read in the last podcast, in the last article, only as little as 16% of women um, were, were experiencing what it was to orgasm and or climax. climax. And so with the numbers that low, it's kind of like she really would just want to have that one day out of the year where she gets to experience that. That's really sad, you guys. There's a song, there was one of my favorite songs when my friends got me the, the tape. This is, I was one of the last generation of, to have the tape and the, the Walkman. And I, it was a song by Invoke. There'll be some earth shaking, love making, or is this, there'll be some love making, earth shaking, love. Like you just feel like earthquake coming on, like boom earth shaking good stuff right and it's sad because some people really probably just do experience it once in their lifetime or i've heard of stories of women that said that they didn't experience it until later on in life 
and or maybe once in life and i'm looking at them like what so yeah it this there are some serious conversations still to be had it says everyone deserves a fulfilling and enjoyable sex life being with someone who can communicate your needs and desire oh why can i is it just me being with someone who you can communicate your needs and desires to is very important, but there are some key differences that persist in the bedroom. So what is the orgasm gap? Studies have found that heterosexual women are the demographic having the least orgasms during sex, and it could be down to a lack of understanding when it comes to female anatomy and the vulva. The orgasm gap was a term coined to describe the disparity in orgasms between couples, also known as orgasm inequality. Or studies have used it to measure sexual satisfaction among different demographics. A good and sexy, huh, a good and healthy sex life can't be measured purely by how many orgasms people are having. However, studies have found that there's a considerable difference between the number of orgasms men and women are having in heterosexual relationships. The orgasm gap doesn't just exist between heterosexual men and women. It has been found that lesbian and bisexual women have significantly have significantly more orgasms than heterosexual women. Hmm, I wonder why. I'm getting, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to get off here in a little bit because my phone is starting to blow up a little bit. What time is it? 12 o'clock? Okay. So it says, um, similarly, there's an uh, orgasm gap between women when they're alone and when they're with a partner. <laughs> it says a study found that 39% of women said they always orgasm when they masturbate masturbate compared to 6% during sex. It says it would seem that across the board yeah, so that what that's statistically saying is you're more likely to have an orgasm by yourself than you are with a man's with an XY with some pain. <laughs> it says it would seem that across the board the orgasm gap stands and it's stark. There's a common factor the closer correlation you have to an XY, the least likely you are to have an orgasm. That's basically what I, I just kind of, you know, dumbed it down for you a little bit. Because that's what it says right here, right? It says, um, it would seem that across the board, the orgasm gap stands and it's stark. <laughs> a study that conducted by Durex, which I think they, they do make condoms, right? Yeah found that 20% of women said they don't orgasm compared to 2% of men. Three out of four women said they can't achieve orgasm during sex. And while 30% of men said that they thought the best way to help a woman orgasm is through penetrative sexual acts, more than half of women pointed to clitoral, clitoral stimulation as a way to make them finish. Researchers from the Archives of Sexual Behavior assess the sex lives of over 52,500 adult Americans. 
They found that the group most likely to always orgasm during sex were heterosexual men. 95% said they usually or always climax. 65% of heterosexual women said they usually or always orgasm, the lowest of all of the demographics studied. It says, writing about the orgasm gap on psychology today, Lori Mintz, so we read about, we heard about her story um, in the last podcast, and she says, I'm not blaming penises, well, I am, okay, but let me finish reading her quote. She said, um, Dr. Mintz said, I'm not blaming penises for the orgasm gap, nor am I blaming the men who own them. She said, I'm also not blaming the women who have sex with the men who own them. (laughs) The orgasm gap is a cultural problem. I think that they just don't know how to turn a woman on. They just don't know how to do it. And a a lot of it has stems to the cultural program, but they don't know how to use what they have or, or how to pleasure another person. I just, you know, but let's see what she has to say. It says... Researchers have attributed the orgasm gap to a number of things. Understanding woman's anatomy ding, 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 is fundamental to knowing what you like and feeling empowered to show a partner how to achieve it. Stereotypically, and this is so interesting because I don't want you to miss this. They talk a lot about how you need to be able to show your partner how to achieve it. That means that if a woman is telling you, what she needs in order to be satisfied, to be happy, to finish, to come, whatever, climax, orgasm. Why on this green earth? Why on God's green earth? Or why on goddesses green earth? Okay. Would you be taking advice from another man? That is not the way, my guy. Like, I don't think Jesse Peterson gets peen nor pussy. I think he has a proclivity to to peen, but I don't know. I really don't know. Like I said, I've seen him here on there, literally seen him type of a thing. That's why I didn't even recall his name, but I don't even think he's getting played from either gender. So why would you take advice from him on what a woman wants? Everybody wants to be, wants pussy, but they don't want to ask a woman what it is to to at least keep them for the love of god jesus man so it says um researchers have attributed the orgasm gap to a number of things understanding women's anatomy is fundamental to knowing what you like and feeling empowered to show your partner how to achieve it women should be showing their partners how to achieve it you're not gonna go to a man with the peen and ask me like Oh, I see. You got a dick. I got a dick. Let's, uh, can you tell me how to satisfy a woman that doesn't have a dick? Right? Like, come on, y'all. Stereotypically, the clitoris is presented as something that people either can't find or don't understand. Although in the, um, art from the last podcast, over half the population has one. One of the world's greatest assets, if you ask me. One of the best human resources. I'm sitting here on a treasure trove, right? I walk with mine. I keep it secured. And then this summer, I'm looking to further weaponize it, get a pew pew to protect it, keep it under lock and key. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, I digress. Somehow, 
Stereotypically, the clitoris is presented as something that people either can't find or don't understand. However, YouGov, a YouGov study found that confusion surrounding the vulva is shared by both genders, and locating clitoris isn't so much of a problem. When people ask to label a diagram of the vulva, 58% of people couldn't describe the function of the urethra. This is so sad. 47% didn't know what the labia was. And 52% didn't know what the vagina was. Some used euphemistic responses such as lips. This lack of understanding of the female anatomy was apparent in both men and women. And this is sad, y'all. Like, I kind of joke around a little bit, but not women, too. But, you know, even like I said, I mean, spoiler alert, in the last in the last podcast, to the worst end of the podcast, I went to Dr. Mintz. Um, was it Dr. Mintz or what was her name? I don't remember her name. But one of, there was an artist that is featured in the article and I went to her her website, and she, it on the main page it shows an an exhibit that she did, and on the exhibit there's all of these different quotes, um, surrounding like the woman's anatomy, and one of the quotes I read on there was from the book Anne Frank, and the Anne Frank was quoted in her book as asking her mom. She said, I asked my mom what the bump was, and the mom said she didn't know. My mom said she didn't know. And that is so sad, and I think especially given the time that this article... Does it say when the YouGov did a study? Hmm. But I'm guessing it's fairly recent. So from way back from when Anne Frank was a little girl, fast forward to, to now... So this had to have been no later than, let me go to, so this article was, yeah, two years old. So who knows how old that article, that, that YouGov study is, but it says 52% didn't know what the vagina was. It says this lack of understanding of the female anatomy was apparent in both men and women as 59% of men and 45% of women couldn't label the vagina. Over 6 in 10 men and 55% of women didn't know where the urethra was. And 43% of women and 42% of men failed to label the labia. Mm, mm, mm. I don't know what to make of that. Hmm. It says, while it's presented as the mystical pleasure button, pleasure principle, it says the clitoris was in the, was in fact the only part of the diagram that most people got right. Hmm. I would clap, but one hand is holding the phone. It says an understanding of your anatomy and the anatomy of your partner can dramatically affect your sex life. Yo, back in the days, this is the part where I would where I would have like whipped out my little 
you know, instructor stick and been like, for tonight's lesson, y'all, in our erotic astrology oracle reading, I want you to spend this Venus Friday spending time getting to explore each other's anatomy. Tell each other what you like, what you don't like, blah, blah, blah. You know, and what a... <laughs> that is so sad. Thankfully, I've never experienced that, but oh my gosh. This is so sad. It says, knowing your own body can empower you to guide another person around it. <laughs> Increasing your pleasure and your and their confidence. So she didn't tell you to ask another guy what the, you know, she didn't ask you to tell, ask other men, you know. And she's not recommending that if you're a dude, you go ask other dudes how to take care of your girl. Like, ask her what she likes. And all of us girls are different, okay? So, don't be trying to do whatever you do with Sally, Jessica, and Sarah Sue, and Allison, and all these other people, <laughs> Molly, to come do that to me. No, mm-mm. I'm about to sit you down and um, walk through my manual of the do's and the do nots, right? I think um, in the last podcast and in, in the art that we were reading from, it's like the, the I guess, is it the vagina's BFFs? Clean hands, right? Fresh or like clean cut um, fingertips, stuff like that. The do's and the don'ts. So what you're not going to do. Anyways, let's finish this up so I can go get something to eat. Um, it says heterosexual women continue to be the group least likely to have an orgasm. And that may be down to a lack of understanding about bodies. Let me see. Oh, we're only 18 minutes in. Did you hear my tummy growl, y'all? Let me see if there's another article on this. Oh, this one's... A, okay, okay, okay. This one's a little bit more recent. This one... Ooh, there's some good articles. If you guys want to read up on this, um, just type in... I typed in... Um, the orgasm gap, better why it exists, and all of this stuff came up on Google. So um, there's one by Psychology Today, the orgasm gap, simple truth and sexual solutions. Psychology Today is a really good one. Um, there's another one I wanted to see here too. The orgasm gap, why it's time to close it once and for all. You're unable to enjoy the health benefits. Ooh, let's click on that real quick. And if I have time, I'll go to psychology today. All right, so I'm going to speed talk. Do, 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 do. says the orgasm gap. Why it's time to close it once and for all. This is on women's health. Um, from July 27, 2019. It says the big O can boost your mood. Help you sleep better. Strengthen your immune system, improve your relationship, and more. But it makes everyone, and we mean everyone, doctors, universities, government agencies flinch. 
Women's Health investigates why women are getting the short end of the stick. <laughs> short end of the stick. When it comes to getting off and talks to the brave ladies who are cutting through the red tape so you can. Laura Haddock figured her company might be controversial in some circles. After all, she's starting a woman-oriented pleasure tech company and designing a sex toy that mimics all the motions of a human partner. Better still, the gadget simulated the clitoris and vagina simultaneously without needing a hand to hold it in place. <laughs> it says, but Haddock... Haddock thought the tech world was ready for a product that was part robot, part vibrator, and all about a woman's sexual pleasure. The Osei, um, yeah, I said it right, uh, says that Haddock, designed as the head of her company, Laura DiCarlo, had 52 complex engineering requirements, as well as a slew of patents pending before it hit the market. Haddock knew that Osei O-S-N-E has something special and groundbreaking because it used the latest technology to give women what they want. The Consumer Electronics Show, CES, thought so, thought so too, notifying Haydack last fall that it would be awarding OSE its 2019 Robotics and Drones Innovation Award. But before the ink had dried on the notice on her honor, the CES revoked its award Oh my gosh! She says our jaws hit the floor. In a letter to Haddock shared with WH, CES quoted terms buried deep in the small print. Entries deemed by CTA or the Consumer Technology Association, the organization behind the annual CES show, in their sole discretion to be immoral, obscene, indecent, profane, and not in keeping with CTA's image will be disqualified, right? So this is that whole idea, like even when um, uh, Jesse Peterson was talking with that panel of four men, and they were like, God forbid you should have a woman climax. You're going to turn her into a man. And he's like, yeah, the perversion. I, I, I went back and I played that part. He's like, it's a perversion, right? For a woman to climax. In the sole discretion to be immoral, obscene, indecent, profane, right? All of this describing something something that's going to help a woman climax and orgasm, right? It says, never mind, of course, that current and past exhibitors had demoed augmented reality porn and a robot sex doll that can give blowjobs. It says they are undervaluing, there's an overvaluing of male sexual pleasure and devaluing of female sexual pleasure. That's actually a quote that we heard in the last article. Not this one that I re read on this podcast, but on the last podcast. It says the double standards struck a nerve. I'm going to cut by a little bit. Please, I apologize, y'all, but I'm, I'm hung. So it says months passed after the slap in the face. Um, as this debacle shows in our boner-centric culture... Female orgasm still remains taboo. Climaxing is all well and good if it gives a man another notch in his belt. But when a female identifying individual has an orgasm for the sake of an orgasm, people start to squirm and not in a good way. So yeah, that quote is from Dr. Mintz 
PhD, there's an overvaluing of male sexual pleasure and a devaluing of female sexual pleasure. Um, she, she's the author of Why Orgasm Equality Matters. And she says, this imbalance more than anything else is helping to dis- drive what researchers call the orgasm gap. Um, it's likely that gap only gets wider when sex happens outside of a committed relationship. Do you hear that? You are less likely to have an orgasm outside of a, um, if it's not within a committed relationship. It says, because in those circumstances, men may not feel the need to reciprocate pleasure and women may not know how to approach the topic. The impact is felt far outside the bedroom. Missing out on orgasm means not only that you're unable to enjoy its health benefits, such as a better mood, um, deeper sleep, relief from headaches, and glowing skin, but also that you're missing out on a fundamental human experience that's fun to boot. Well, that blows, and they say for a lack of better term, there's a lot to unpack here, and it's a twisted tale of gender bias, took up culture, poor research, um, hypocritical subway advertising rules, and so much more. <clears throat> but the promising news is that women are fighting back and taking charge of their bodies and their sex lives for good. Pleasure 101, it starts as early as first class in sex ed. We learn the names and functions of the different genitals. And if we're lucky, we learn about where more than just abstinence, including how to prevent pregnancy and STDs. It says there are periods and body here, and that's about it. One of the many things missing pleasure, especially for her. It's no surprise that in a survey of college women, nearly 30% could not identify the proper location of the clitoris. What? When was this? This is kind of just... Y'all. It says, Allison Ash, PhD, a sex and relationship expert in San Francisco, says it's not just a lack of proper sex ed that's causing this ignorance. Scientists didn't discover the full anatomy. No. No. Scientists didn't discover the full anatomy of the clitoris until 1998. Scientists did not discover until 1998, decades after the after they put a man on the moon. No. So it says so the results of being sidelined become apparent as women start having sex. As a doctoral, doctoral student in sociology, I'm kind of cutting ahead, y'all. I'm probably not doing this justice. It says, women are prioritizing what they think their partner's well-being, what they think is their partner's well-being over their own pleasure. Her data revealed that hookups were focused on him. So the hookup culture forces women to focus more on him, Right. If you think about it, I actually so heavily agree with this. It says only 11% of women experience climax the first time with the new partner, although the percentage increased in long-term relationships. 
Researchers from Indiana University analyzed data from the National Survey of Sexual Health and Behavior with a pool of 1,931 adults in the U.S. ages 18 to 59 and found that this gap wasn't just a youth phenomenon. It was happening at all ages. Men are 27% more likely to report having an orgasm than women during a sexual encounter. Um... Here's a quote. It says, you have to figure out what you like, and then you have to be brave enough to ask for it. Imagine that, y'all. Having to be brave to ask to orgasm. That's just sad. What's more, in many heterosexual relationships, a woman's orgasm is seen as a reflection, not of her desire and satisfaction, but of her partner's sexual prowess and masculinity, according to a study in the Journal of Sex Research. It's partly why 67% of women have faked an orgasm with with a partner compared with just 28% of men. Heterosexual women know that what's at stake is not so much her pleasure, but his ego. Listen, I'm not going to try to give you all advice on that. I'm just going to keep it pushing. It says, although it's easier for people with penises to be sure they've climaxed because they release semen. Another factor is that women understand so much less about what they want and what brings them pleasure. And that's a major problem. Not only do orgasms boost immunity, y'all, y'all are missing out on climaxing and jeopardizing your immunity. A lot of you probably could have not had that cold, not had that flu, lowered your risk in with getting COVID if you had worked on boosting your orgasms. It says not only do orgasms boost immunity and help combat stress, okay, and a lot of us know when you have more stress, it turns into cortisol, it turns into that stubborn belly fat, okay, just saying. That's why it's so funny to me too when I see women that they're so pretty when they meet a guy and then after he's been with her for a couple of months or a couple of years and she starts to like deteriorate, she's not getting good sex, y'all. He's just adding stress to her life and he's not even giving her an outlet. You know, he's not even giving her enough orgasms to combat the stress that he's bringing into her life. And then she starts to put on stubborn belly fat. Okay, I'm just saying. It says, but the chemicals, um, the chemical release actually helps partners bond. Yeah, we've talked about that. I, and it's the woman that, that releases it. I think it's the oxytocin. Men don't release it. Women do. It says fibbing about the big O or avoiding it altogether. It might be easier in the short term to avoid asserting your needs in bed. But over time, couples lose a valuable opportunity to communicate. You have to figure it out. You have to figure out what you like. And then you have to be brave enough to ask for specifically and ask and ask again. Yo, that is, this is so sad. I ain't going to have to tell you but once. And this is why um, in the previous article, they were saying, like, you want a partner that's receptive, right? Because if you're having to ask and ask again, this is um, by sex therapist Aline Zolbrod, PhD. So paging Dr. Orgasm. Hello, is anybody there? With so much cultural and medical ignorance around female orgasms, you might think funding agencies would be willing to support scientists who are studying the problem. You would be wrong. Despite 43% of women reporting some type of sexual dysfunction, 
Research on women and orgasms is shockingly sparse or non-existent. The National Institutes of Health founded, funded no research over the past decade specifically devoted to improving women's orgasm according to Women's Health Analysis of NIH grants. So it says here, female researchers are feeling this discrepancy firsthand. As a junior faculty member at UCLA, neuropsychologist Nicole Prowse, PhD, says that the University Ethics Board refused to let her conduct, conduct experiments measuring the physiological responses of couples having sex in the lab without providing her with the specific objections about why the research was blocked. After a decade of trying to make it in academia, this obstacle was the last straw. And this is why reading that article from Psychology Today is going to be so important because that is, um, tends to be, they tend to have peer-reviewed um, articles and and um, they were able to pass through this hurdle and able to have a scientific look at it. So if I get a chance, I will sacrifice my hunger pangs, right? And, and go try to hop over there and see what they say real quick. But it says, um, when contacted, a UCLA rep responded that out of respect for all employees and consistent with university policy, we do not discuss circumstances surrounding change of employment status. Okay, so apparently because she was trying to make it into academia, this was the last straw for her and she finally gave up um, and she quit. It says, blunt without being rude, Prowse urges her colleagues to take female pleasure seriously and bring more rigor to their work. At a recent conference, she attended a, a session where researchers asked study participants to eat chocolate in order to measure pleasure. Measure pleasure. Eat chocolate. She says, I asked why they didn't have the particip participants stimulate their own genitals. And they looked at me like I was an alien. I get it, right? Because these are all the taboo conversations. It can feel awkward. It really can. I'm not going to lie. It couldn't be me in the room because she would have had them looking like aliens and me like her too. I think that she would have had to definitely preface it. And if this was a study that was measured for them to eat chocolate and then you bring that up, it can seem a little like off tangent. But hey, that's what makes it taboo, right? Oh, wow. So the article is about to end. And one of the related stories, it says this woman draws clits around the world. And so there's one drawn right here. Um, kind of like it's a pretty bridge. Overlooking like it looks like a body of water. Oh, wow. Okay. So it says she never has problems recruiting participants for her studies. When she recently placed an ad on Craigslist for one, she had more than 400 calls and emails within 30 minutes. Orgasm is safe, free, and accessible. Why wouldn't we want to fund research about it? University of Michigan bio bioengineering PhD student Lauren Zimmerman, 25, knows this problem all too well. Her lab at the university is devoted to the stimulation of nerves 
in the lower leg and near the genitalia for treatment of an overactive bladder. When peaked, what piqued Zimmerman's interest was when she learned that stimulating the same nerves might also help women who can't achieve orgasm. She received funding for a small pilot trial to see if small amounts of painless, girl, electrical stimulation. I don't want nothing electric down. Mm. On the tibial nerve of the ankle and the nerve air nerve near the clitoris could improve women's ability to climax, but she ran into difficulties securing funding for follow-up research. When she talked with officials about her project, they seemed interested. When it came time for decisions, it never seemed to fall in my favor. Clinical psychologist Erin Cooper, PhD, says this is par for the course among sex researchers. We're trying to understand the female orgasm more than ever, but there simply isn't much money going towards this research. After rounds of applications, Zimmerman found funds that would provide financial support for her as a scientist rather than for a specific project. She easily recruited participants and discovered that 12 weekly stimulation sessions could improve a woman's ability to reach orgasm. God bless them. That is God bless them. Like, let every woman have an orgasm. Like, that, look, she's doing the good Lord's work, okay? The goddess divine's work. Let's put it that mother divine's work. But what she presented, but when she presented those results at one scientific conference, she says she was laughed out of the room. They thought it was a dirty joke and not a real clinical need. So this is subtitled, Saying Yes to Feeling Good. Entrepreneur Polly Rodriguez, 32, learned the hard way how lightly female desire is taken, right? And that's part of the reason I'm doing these podcasts, because after the Jesse Peterson type of thing, it's kind of like, women should not be climaxing. It's worth the lowest of the low if you climax. And if you climax, you will turn into a man. And you will turn into a drag queen. So... It says she learned the hard way how lightly female desire is taken. When radiation treatment for stage 3 colon cancer sent the then 21-year-old into menopause, doctors told her she would never be able to have children, but failed to mention that her sex drive and ability to enjoy sex could be affected. It was only thanks to some online searching that she finally figured it out. It says the places Rodriguez could find that sold vibrators in her rural corner of the Midwest felt far too seedy for her to ask intimate questions about climax. To fill the void, Rodriguez launched Unbound in December 2014, an online marketplace providing sex-positive space for women to share experiences and find products that meet their sexual needs, ranging from lube and vibrators to handcuffs. Women have had Playboy and Viagra, and I want those kinds of brands to exist for women, Rodriga says. It says, um, this is a, a quote that's in bright orange. It says, orgasm is safe, free, and accessible. Why wouldn't we want to fund research about it? So it goes on to say, though her company's growth has surpassed her wildest dreams with more than 200,000 unique hits per month, Rodriguez built her brand without advertising on social media or public transit. 
Facebook policies allow only the advertisement of condoms as family planning aids or to prevent STIs for for vibrators. Ugh, forget it. When Rodriguez pushed back against a prudish policy, a representative wrote her that advertising for adult products and services wasn't allowed. The explanation? This is driven by an understanding of people's sentiment for those ads, the email read. read. When reached for a comment, a Facebook spokesperson responded with the following. We have long had a policy that restricts certain ads with adult content and adult products in part because Facebook is a global company and we take into account the wide array of people from varying cultures and countries to see them. And again, a lot of these um, women, people that are having these conversations are in the U.S., so Africa, where they're cutting off women's genitalia, you know, like little girls' genitalia, forget about it. They lose their minds. It says, as with all policies, our enforcement is never perfect, but we are always improving. It says, and New York City's Metropolitan Transit Authority refused to post an ad for Unbound, calling it phallic. (laughs) Despite Rodriguez's effort to show fully clothed women of various races with nary a penis in sight. According to Rodriguez, the same day she was rejected, the MTA greenlit ads for a company selling male sexual enhancement products that portrayed a limp cactus and a perky cactus far more phallic than Unbound's ads. The MTA did not respond when asked for a statement. <laughs> you better fix your limp cactus. So it says, where do we get O from? Like the big O, I guess. So it says, despite the... Oh my God, how long is this article? Okay. Despite these roadblocks, the knee, the breakneck pace of Unbound's expansion and the buzz around the ultimate recognition of products like Ose show that another sexual revolution is underway. Women is tired. Women's is tired of putting their desires on the back burner and having begun to realize it's okay to ask for not only what they need, but also what they want, said Zoldbrod. Yet more research is critically important in the lab, but also in your own bedroom. Only you can prevent forest fires. No, it says only you can figure out what rings your bell. Um, which coincidentally, the modern day terms, and this is just me being a nerd right here, but, um, now we use doorbells, but remember in the last podcast, it said that, um, the, the other word for the, uh, I remember is the nub is supposed to mean the key, right? And so it's like, only you can figure out the, you know, which key to use or which key unlocks the door, but, here says only you can figure out what rings your bell. This is just me. This is the way my mind thinks. Anyways, in the meantime, let's hope the rest of the medical world gets on board so we can close the gap once and for all. This article originally appeared in July, August 2019 issue of Women's Health. And oh, there's only 15 minutes. Let's look, look real quick and see what Psychology Today says. PsychologyToday.com, The Orgasm Gap, Simple Truth and Sexual Solutions. Okay, it's not that long. Let's try to knock it out. The American Associate. Okay, hold on. Oh, my gosh. Oh, 
So this, it has a picture of Lori Mint's PhD. Oh, that's her. Okay, it says, to close the gap, we need to hold penetration and clit clitoral stimulation as equal. So that's from 2015. It says, the American Association of University Women published a report titled, The Simple Truth About the Gender Pay Gap. They explain the gap, why it exists, and how to close it. This blog will do the same for another gendered gap. So it goes on to say, defining the gender orgasm gap. Plain and simple, the orgasm gap refers to the fact that in heterosexual sexual encounters, men have more orgasms than women. Here are some statistical details. In one study examining about 800 college students, a 52% orgasm gap was found. That is, 39% of women and 91% of men said that they usually or always experienced orgasm in partnered sex. The study didn't ask the context of the sex, but another study with 15,000 college students found that the orgasm gap is larger in hookup sex than in relationship sex. Still, in college student committed relationships, there is still a 17% orgasm gap. Strikingly similar statistics were found in a survey of about 3,000 single women and men in U.S. ranging from 18 to 65 years old. When having sex with a familiar partner, women said they have an orgasm 63% of the time, men said 85% of the time. So it says two other orgasm gaps. Two other gaps help explain the gendered orgasm gap. Lesbian versus straight sex. So it says there's no, there is an orgasm gap between women who identify as lesbian versus straight. Lesbian women have significantly more orgasms than straight women. For men, orgasm rate doesn't vary with sexual orientation. Yeah, so men are getting orgasms whether they're getting it from women or men. Jesse Peterman, whatever, I feel like he's zero, but whatever. It says, um, and then the other gendered uh, orgasm gap has to do with women who are who are alone versus women who are with a partner. Women have more orgasms when they masturbate than when they are with a partner. So it says in this study with 800 college women, 39% of the women said they always orgasm during masturbation, while 6% said they always orgasm during sex with a partner. So it says, so why do lesbian women and women masturbating have more orgasms than women having sex with a male partner? Because there isn't a penis involved. See, and that's funny because the other other lady didn't want to say it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to say it. And so even Dr. Muntz is saying it too. It's because there isn't a penis involved. <laughs> okay. The closer your proximity is to a man, the less likely you are to have an article. Boom. Scientific is inside psychology today. Case closed. Let me keep going. So it says, and why is it that there is a gendered orgasm gap in heterosexual sex? She said, because there is a penis involved. So no, I did not read that twice. It's very nuanced um, writing, right? So it says, prioritizing male orgasm. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming penises for the um, orgasm gap. Okay, so she's protecting herself. She's being professional. I don't have to be professional. She says, nor am I blaming the men who own them. I'm also not blaming the women who have sex with men who own them. The orgasm gap is a cultural problem. So we, we read this um, quote before in the previous um, 
podcast. The main problem, culturally, we overvalue penetrative sex to be a bit punny, right? Punny, and I love that term, like funny as in, like in a pun, get it? To be a bit punny, our cultural hyper-focus on the importance of putting a penis in a vagina is screwing with women's orgasms. So that's the pun, right? Evidence for this is found in language. As detailed in my prior log, we found we use the words sex and intercourse synonymous, synonymously and reg, relegate clitoral stimulation to, is to foreplay or that which comes before the main act of intercourse. We commonly mislabel women's genitals by the one part, the vagina, that gives men that that gives men but not women reliable orgasms right so it's the vagina that gives men the orgasm but that's not how women are turned on if that kind of makes sense right (sighs) we have countless nicknames for the penis but few for the clitoris more evidence of our cultural overvaluing of penetration is found in media images and our resulting false beliefs you don't have to look far to see media images of women having mind-blowing orgasms from intercourse alone. No wonder that most women say that this is what they want. The most common question I get from psychology of human sexuality students is how women can orgasm during intercourse. Here's the other cultural problem. It says there are a host of other cultural problems contributing to the orgasm gap. We have a double standard that judges women more harshly than men for casual sex. True, 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 and true. That was 2015, 2023, it's still the same. Sex education generally doesn't focus on pleasure. Most of us have little training in sexual communication. Mm, Now, mind you, we've been talking about communication all this week. It is Friday. This is Venus Energy Sexual communication, that's a whole other, that's on a whole other level. It says, yet good sexual communication is key when it comes to female orgasms. This is because there's a difference between women in terms of what they need to orgasm and what one woman needs to orgasm can vary from one encounter to another. Many women um, are plagued by body image self-consciousness during sex and it's pretty much impossible to have an orgasm while worrying if you look fat or are holding your stomach in. Finally, reaching orgasm requires a complete immersion in the sensations of the moment or mindfulness and few of us have mastered this skill in our daily life, let alone our sex lives. I'm trying to finish this in the next 10 minutes. Okay, so it says... Closing the um, orgasm gap. Closing the orgasm gap requires knowledge and ability to apply this knowledge. Then that applies to everything too, to everything else that we do in life, for real, for real. But anyways. Oh, I don't know what the name of this comedian is, but she says, make sure he knows that you're entitled to an orgasm. I like to say it. I like to be like, hey. There are two people here. I'll be like, oh my God, have you met my clit? <laughs> is it um, Sarah? No, is it? I think it's Sarah Silverman. It's the blonde girl. She's been pretty popular lately. She's a little bit um, plump, but she's a comedian. Um, and so they, they put that picture of her. <laughs> have you met my clit? Anyways, um, clitoral knowledge. 
Again, plain and simple, to close the orgasm gap, both women and men must understand that the clitoris is key to women's organism. Orgas- orgasms. I think the reason I sl- I um slurred on that is because I was trying to catch on that word key. Remember, um that that word means key, so that's kind of another punny one, right? Men must understand that both women and men must understand that the clitoris is key to women's orgasms. A very small percentage of women, about three to ten percent, reliably orgasm from penetration alone. Most women require clitoral stimulation to reach orgasm. Applying knowledge. So women's orgasms are an area where knowledge isn't sufficient. In one study, knowledge of the clitoris isn't related to women's rates of orgasm. These authors concluded that knowledgeable women or or their partners do not give priority to orgasm for women. Again, when penetration is involved, it's often considered the main event and mistakenly assumed to be the way that both partners should orgasm. So to close the orgasm gap, we have to hold clitoral stimulation and penetration as equal, right? Because for the men, it's it's one, and for the woman, it's the other. That's why in the in the last podcast, the article was saying that we have to get past the myth that both of us are gonna be um I, I'm gonna use the word aroused from the same thing, or we're gonna finish from the same thing. They're different. So it says women also have to be able to let go of body image, self-consciousness, and immerse themselves in sex. They have to feel entitled to pleasure, which know what brings them pleasure. Um, I want to address something real quick. I know I have just a few minutes left, but if, if I remember correctly, like conversations surrounding this, what usually happens when you think of the context of when, you know, couples are having sex part of the woman being able to immerse herself fully or mentally is if you if if he's not treating you right throughout the rest of the day it makes you it makes it difficult for you to switch gears you know so there's um phrases that say like sex starts in the kitchen or it starts outside of the bedroom because it's a mental process you have to be able to feel her feel comfortable help her feel loved help her feel feminine so if you have her being 50 50 and she just have to finish you know coming home from work putting the kid doing helping the kids with their homework cooking your meal you know clean putting putting giving them their bath running their bath running down the, the bathroom smelling like Clorox ammonia and pine soul, you know, and then jump into laundry and jump into bed. Like it's really hard for them to get immersed into sex. Like I don't have time to unpack all of it, but so this this it can seem like oh, women need to immerse themselves in sex. There's so much more to it. You can't have a woman in a masculine environment where it's kind of like not conducive for her to be able to relax her mind to then immersed into that you it and so it, it affects into that too but anyways anyways it says they have to feel entitled to pleasure know what brings them pleasure often through masturbating on their own to find out and be able to communicate this to their partners finally communicate it to your partners do not take advice from other men from do not be a man looking for advice from other men on how to please a woman it's just not gonna work okay it says, finally, their partners have to want to use this information. Boom, boom, kaboom. <laughs> Pretty black magic, right? Boom, boom, kaboom. 
they have to be able to want to use the information, right? If the partner is not receptive, then don't continue to waste your time. That sucks. I'm sorry you had to go through that, but just keep it pushing. I think sometimes we should have like sex facts reports. Like, you know how they have car facts reports? We should be able to just be like, listen, this guy is not receptive to, you know, learning how to make a woman climax or whatever. Do not press play. And then we should just leave that guy like dry as fuck. Like, no play. Just, he would just go on out and to meet Kevin, you know, and the rest of his makers and quite possibly the Tater Lena's, you know. And the Tater Tots original, the OG, right? Just dry. Never, ex- ever, ever experienced woman again. Like, what? He doesn't like to please women? Cross him off the list. And it should be like a known report where it's kind of like a, a credit score where it's kind of like, would you rate him, you know, in the 500s, the 600s, or the 700s? Do you grade it? Is it an A, B, or C grade peen? And at that point, just leave them dry. But then that's how you get yourself in trouble when they're like, oh, I'm 8.5. Mm. You can keep your 8.5. You don't know how to use it, sir. You might want to go over and use it on the men. Okay. So it says, it's now ob- probably obvious that closing the orgasm gap isn't going to be easy, nor for individual women or for our culture as a whole. Still, It's well worth the effort. It's time for orgasm justice for all. (laughs) So that was really cool, y'all. I know, you know, we kind of played around a little bit, but I found it to be educational and super glad that we got to. um, Actually, I'm looking at a picture of her here. Dr. Lori Mintz, PhD, psychologist, professor at the University of Florida, at least at the time that this was written. The author of A Tired Woman's Guide. She's tired, y'all. A Tired Woman's Guide to Passionate Sex and Becoming Clitorate. Why Orgasm Equality Matters and How to Get It. I hope you enjoyed this. You know, it is what it is. Like I said, I, I'm I'm good over here. I'm sitting on one of the best resources known to man and woman. Man and woman. Okay. I love that I get to walk around with my my resources and <sighs> I think it's just the greatest thing. I mean that with every inch of my being. But um you know I say that because I'm not going to be out here trying to explain to some dude here or now into the future, but for those of you who are you know, we have a new holiday. It's not just Cinco de Mayo. It's going to be July 31st. So mark your calendars, sit him down, explain the do's and the don'ts. And if he starts to pull that whole Jesse Peterson thing on you where he's like, we don't do that over here. We we don't want you to be low, then just go ahead and just close up shop and head on out. All right, y'all. I am beyond hungry. I made my lunch. I think that's part of part of what it is. I already know what's in the kitchen, so I <sighs> I'm ready to go eat. And it is yeah. Well, now it's one o'clock, so it's right around my lunch time. So let me get off of here. I'll probably goof off for a little bit more later tonight. I don't have to do anything until later, later, later. 
So, all right, bye.